0: together we're going to sing some Christmas carols our outreach this month is Toys for Tots and so if you're one of the seniors and coming and like to bring a toy for some of the children in our community that'd be awesome Uh, we'd love to celebrate that and just uh, pray for that blessing of kids uh, here in our community brothers tomorrow night's our men's night and I'm looking forward to our chance to be together I love it every month it's such an encouragement know it says in the book of Proverbs as iron sharpens iron uh, so one man sharpens the countenance of his friend and I'll tell you every time we get together it means a lot to me it really does and I know all the brothers get a lot of encouragement Uh, we're gonna have a great message tomorrow night so six o'clock we have dinner some fellowship we'll get you out of here about 730 and uh, you can be home after that Uh, one last thing this morning I'm really excited about uh, having uh, Bethany Holmes share with us about um, safe families here in our community ministry that is getting started here in our community and one our church uh, is very supportive of we want to help her uh, in leading this ministry it's going to have a powerful impact in our community so she's going to come up in just a moment and share with us but first let's watch this video together
1: Right now, there are over 400,000 American kids in foster care. But did you know there are exponentially more with parents who desperately love their kids, who are perilously close to being swept up into the system? And the reason is, they're alone and facing crisis. It's just hard to even imagine that when you're in trouble, and you look at your
2: phone and you actually have nobody to call, there are a ton of people that are in that situation.
1: Safe Families exists to provide struggling families with love, community, and support before it becomes necessary for the state to step in and remove their children. Put another way, Safe Families exists to keep families together.
3: All throughout Scripture, when we look from the Old Testament all through the life of Christ in the early church, a common thing that was partnered with their worship was their love and care of their neighbor. And oftentimes their neighbor is one who is struggling, one who is vulnerable. You think of when Scripture talks about the orphan or the widow They're talking about those who are vulnerable in our society, who don't have support, who don't have family, who don't have a community to love and to help them. Our call as Christians is to be that family for them. God has woven that in all throughout his story. We mobilize families in your church to come alongside these families who are struggling at their time of greatest need to support a parent, to keep a kid safe, and to help keep a family unit together.
1: What's so cool about the Safe Families movement is that there are so many ways you and your church family can be involved in this community of love and healing. Host families take in children for short periods of time while their parents get back on their feet. Family friends provide support to families in need through mentoring and transportation, as well as to host families through babysitting and emotional support. Resource friends provide various types of goods and services to families in need to help parents get back on their feet. Think clothing and meals. Family coaches are trained to provide resources to families in crisis. They also ensure that the kids are well cared for and host family homes. And Safe Families Churches are spiritual communities that bring Safe Families in as a ministry of their church to organize and unleash volunteers to serve their community. God has designed us
3: to live in community and he has called us to live on mission. And he calls us to do that to those who are most vulnerable in society. Safe Families provides the opportunity for you to both live in community and live on mission and be community for families who don't have the community that they need for their success and their health and their growth. So I just want to invite you, join our community and be community for a family who is in need and you're going to see your life fulfilled as you live out your design and mission and you're going to see a family's life changed. Well, i here. Ah, no, you're too far away. Hey.
1: We can't see each the base. come over here. Okay. Make a silly face. Oh my goodness, that's so silly. You make your silly face. Oh my goodness, you guys are making the silliest faces.
4: Good morning. My name is Bethany Holmes, and I have been, my husband Kenny and I have been a part of this church, a part of KCC for about 18 years. Um, a lot of you know me from helping back with children's ministry. Um, I've helped with women's ministry. My husband and I led um, the greeter ministry for about six years with Lori Cornell a while back. Um, My husband's done parking lot ministry. So serving in the church is not not new to us. And so um, I want to introduce a new ministry, um, not only to Klamath Christian Center, but to um, Klamath County as a whole. Um, So I'm gonna start by asking you, What if we could go upstream and put out a safety net to prevent child abuse and neglect? What if we created a Jesus room in our hearts as well as our homes? Back in biblical times, people actually built a Jesus room onto their homes to house strangers just in case that stranger was Jesus. I had my first child at the nice mature age of 26 and had my second one at the age of 29. I was married, living in Swan Lake Valley with my parents close by, and my husband working on the ranch we lived on. Life was great, right? I remember in July of 2011, I had just put down my new baby boy for a nap, and my three-year-old, very strong-willed daughter was upset about something and she was crying. I, for the life of me, could not get her to stop crying, and she continued to get louder and louder, and I was afraid she was going to wake up her little brother. She was throwing a tantrum. Baby brother was asleep. I was exhausted. I snapped. I literally picked her up, put her outside on the porch, locked the door, then went and locked myself in my room and cried. Then I proceeded to call my husband and tell him, I need you now. I need help. And... Um, I told I just I need support. I I need something. So you see, even good parents are just one poor decision away from hurting our children. Thankfully I made the decision not to hurt her and I had a supportive spouse who was willing to drop everything and come help me. I also had days when I called my mom and asked her to get me uh-huh pacifiers or a bouncy seat or something from the store on our way home from town because the baby was crying and I just needed something. I was blessed with a support system. I was not alone. But not all parents have a support system like I did. So many families are made up of a single parent and many of them do not have family and friends that they can trust to help with their children. I'm currently mentoring an 18-year-old girl who has an 8-month-old baby and has no family here. Mom moved to Florida, dad lives somewhere else in the US. She told me last week, "I have no family here." And so I am just there for her. I give her rides. I listen to her. I offer advice. There's some days when she has to bring her little boy to work and I give her a break, I hold him, or I take him down to my office and let him play while I work. Did you know that in 2019, over 2,000 reports were made to the child abuse hotline? Of those, 806 were closed at screening. That means those were all families who needed support but didn't get it. What happened to them? What happened to those children? 806 calls came in because somebody in the community had a concern of abuse or neglect. 806. Who's going to help them? What if we do? Also, During the 2019-20 school year, Klamath County identified over 720 homeless youth. Over 200 of those were not even school-age children. Through Safe Families for Children, we can help families by providing volunteer host homes, family coaches, mentors, and family friends to youth age 0 to 22. Together, we can help reduce the instances of homelessness and neglect. A verse that comes to mind when I think of Safe Families for Children is Matthew 25, 40. And the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it to the one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you did it for me. When we volunteer with Safe Families for Children, we are being the hands, of feet and, hands and feet of Jesus in caring for the orphans and widows. Although these families we're helping are not often orphans or widows, these children are lacking a stable family structure, just like an orphan, and the widows are often a single parent without a support system. As believers and followers of Christ, this is our opportunity to get back to that biblical hospitality, of showing hospitality to the strangers or to people outside of our circle. I know that there are even families here in this church right now who need the supports offered by Safe Families for Children. It is time, church, to take back the charge of caring for the least of these, to be the hands and feet of Jesus, to care for the orphans and widows in distress, just like it says in James 1.27. I'm reminded of a song by Matthew West called Do Something. It goes like this. I'm so tired of talking about how we are God's hands and feet, but it's easier to say than to be. Live like angels of apathy who tell ourselves, it's all right, somebody else will do something. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm sick and tired of life with no desire. I don't want a flame, I want a fire, and I want to be the one who stands up and says, I'm gonna do something. If not us, then who? If not me and you, Right now, it's time for us to do something. If not now, then when will we see an end to all this pain? Oh, it's not enough to do nothing. It's time for us to do something. When we volunteer with Safe Families for Children, we are doing something to help prevent children from entering the foster care system. We are helping those overwhelmed parents from making the wrong decision. We are protecting kids. We are growing parents. We are keeping families together. So let me ask you, are you ready, church? Are you ready to do something? Then stand with me and stop waiting for someone else to do something. I have volunteered to be the ministry lead here at Klamath Christian Center, but I need a team of volunteers to come alongside me Not just as Safe Families volunteers, but also volunteers to help launch Safe Families in Klamath County. You are all, there was a flyer, you weren't handed it, but there was a flyer at the door that has some information about Safe Families and about the different roles that you can play in Safe Families. There's really a role for everyone, and you will be impacted as much, if not more, than the families that you help. Um, I will be out in the entry with my friend and co-worker, Sharon, who came all the way over from Medford today, um, or last night, but in the snow. So we have a table out in the entryway, and we have we have more of these. We have other brochures. We have bookmarks so you can pray for safe families. Um, so come see us after service, please. Thank you. All
0: right. Thank you, <clears throat> stay, stay here. Okay. So can you so we want to say a prayer for them. And uh, I want to invite a few people up here to pray with me. Lauren, would you come up and pray? And Jim, would you come up and pray? And Kelly, would you come up and pray? And uh, I was looking for some other guys off the council or ladies. Uh, some of them, I know, are home this morning. Vicki, I know you're home uh, watching online. But uh, this will be good. We just want to pray for them in the, in the launching of this ministry in our community. So I'm just going to ask your brothers brothers to start us out and, and just to say a prayer over them. Father God, we sure thank you for the just the willingness of, of these two to, to start this that's so needed in communities around, in, in this community especially.
2: And Father God, we just pray that you would for the people that uh,
0: are going to stand up for these little ones that, that uh, you just put on their heart that that need to do something. Lord, are you taking us all in in some way or other? We know that, that we're all right there with them, that we're just uh, a little older maybe, but still in need of that kind of love. So, Father, we pray that it would,
2: it would show, that it would take feet, that it would grow right here, Father God, we think of this program and just ask that you'd meet the needs, Lord, no matter what it be food, clothing, shelter, just love that we can all uh, pass to this, these families and to the children and just let them know that they are safe in this program. Mm-hmm. I
1: agree with
2: that, Lord. Yeah. Heavenly Father, we thank you that. Um, Bethany and others have stepped forward here in our community. And uh, we're asking that as we step forward, not only Bethany, but we behind her step forward, you would meet us. uh, Holy Spirit, that you'd prompt people that are available, that have time, that have gifts, that have resources, that are prayers, that you would stir the body of Christ here where we are today and in the days and weeks to come that this would be a blessed concept that would begin to have uh, feet and hands and a heart that would be realized and active and participating. We pray that monetary gain and um, support and help and wisdom and encouragement would be realized in people stepping up and participating and um, that you would see through the completion what's been conceived here and uh, bring it through to completion that what's conceived would be birthed, would be operating, and it would really be beyond anything we can ask, imagine, or think. We pray for favor. We pray for provision. We pray for grace. We pray for your help. Um, that Matthew 25 was mentioned, that that as we're about the Father's business, people would be impacted. Let us a safe place be realized. Jesus, you are the safe place, and we pray that you would be realized in the lives of those that don't know you. And even as they're helped, the kingdom of God would be expanded and people would come into personal relationships with Jesus. So your blessing on this, in Jesus' name we pray.
0: Amen. And, you know, I um, Bethany and Kenny, I was praying for you yesterday, actually. And in my spiritual imagination, I saw a spear point. And uh, I think all of us know that this... Uh, ministry, there's a spiritual battle in our community out to uh, rob, kill and destroy, uh, certainly families and children, their hopes and their dreams. Uh, you're a spear point in, in the spirit to break through and to cut through darkness. and that doesn't mean that it's going to be easy. <laughs> but I just felt like the Lord said, I'm going to break through and a break through chains that bind, you're going to set captives free. So Jesus, uh, your anointing as a spear point, Lord. Go before them. Break through the darkness, Lord. Cut through the chains that bind. We thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit to accomplish that through them. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Could we all say amen? And can we amen. say amen by clapping to the Lord and thanking Him for what He's doing? And I know it takes courage to step out in faith. I'm really excited for Bethany and Kenny and what God's going to do through their lives. And our church, we are joining together with them to be the sponsoring church in our community. And I'm asking you in our Christmas conspiracy offering uh, to consider helping uh, financially with the launch of this ministry and just the continued support, uh, maybe even monthly, that you would give a, a portion above what you honor the Lord with here in our church on a monthly basis to help support uh, this ministry going forward. So that's things that you can pray about, think about, and partner with us in. So let's turn to Isaiah chapter 9 this morning, if you brought a Bible, or if you've got a cell phone and a Bible app. Uh, Isaiah 9, verse 6 and 7. We started a series uh, this holiday season, uh, for unto us a child is born. And uh, we're looking at some of the names of Jesus that were prophesied uh, by the prophet Isaiah uh, some 850 years uh, before uh, Jesus was born. And uh, these are names or titles that describe who Jesus is and, of course, what he has uh, come to do. Last week, we looked at Emmanuel, which means God with us. And this morning, we're going to look at Wonderful Counselor. And as I've been... uh, mulling over this message I've been praying Lord help us discover Jesus uh, as the wonderful counselor in our life so let me begin reading verse 6 it says for to us a child is born uh, to us a son is given the government will rest on his shoulders he will be called wonderful counselor the mighty God uh, everlasting father prince of peace his government and his peace will never end he will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor david for all eternity the passionate commitment of the lord of heaven's armies will make this happen i I love that verse i don't know if you ever get discouraged or feel defeated in regard to your faith and your walk with the lord i love that verse because it said it's not about me it's about the compassionate passionate commitment of the lord uh, that will accomplish that. Do you understand that your salvation is because God wanted to? Because God was passionate about saving you. It wasn't about your response or your wonderful faith. Because it it's, it's because God is going to be glorified on the earth through his son Jesus Christ and what the Holy Spirit will accomplish in it. He is committed. Aren't you thankful for that? Passionate commitment. Now, I don't know how familiar you are with uh, the prophet isaiah in the old testament he actually prophesied over a period about 50 years uh, in israel's history he served as a prophet during the reign of five different kings uh, in israel's history Uh, he was the one who prophesied the most about jesus christ and the coming of the messiah Uh, chapter 7 verse 14 we looked at last week uh, a virgin will be with child and give birth to a son. We will call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Uh, this one we just read in Isaiah chapter 6. Some of you are familiar uh, with Isaiah 53 about the Messiah. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our sins. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. Uh Isaiah saw in the Spirit this Messiah, totally different than what uh, the nation of Israel was, of course, looking for. Another verse that Jesus quoted, actually, in the Gospels, in uh, Luke chapter 4. Uh, Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor, to bind up the brokenhearted, and to kept, uh, set the captives free. I, I don't know if you've ever wondered what it was like to be a prophet in the Old Testament. Uh, to, to have a sense that God was going to do something that would literally blow people's minds. That's kind of wrapped up in this in this word, uh, wonderful counselor. Uh, you know the word wonderful, that's the Hebrew word pele. Uh, that's a terrible pronunciation, by the way. Uh, I'm not a Hebrew scholar by any stretch of the imagination. I can read commentaries and do word studies, so that helps me a lot, but I certainly don't know how uh, words should be uh, correctly pronounced, so I'm going to uh, pronounce it like an English guy trying to speak Spanish, okay, Palay. and uh, that's probably not even close to how it should uh, be said, but uh, the word literally means beyond understanding. It, it means too wonderful to describe, uh, far exceeding expectations <laughs> how many for you jesus has far exceeded your expectations uh, exceeded your expectations he's beyond understanding now what's interesting about this word it's only used 15 times in the old testament and every time it's used it's used in the context of a miracle god does something that blows people's minds it's wonderful it's it's beyond anything they thought Uh, Or imagined and uh, when we begin to talk about Jesus coming as a wonderful counselor within our soul that's going to be really really important so so remember it now this word play every time it's used 15 times it always is used in the context of a miracle okay something that human beings of course couldn't accomplish on their own but but God does it and in fact one of the places it's used is in uh, Exodus 15 Uh, When the nation of Israel, remember, they crossed through the Red Sea on dry land, and then the waters came back and literally destroyed all their enemies, Pharaoh and all of his army, and uh, Miriam grabbed her tambourine, and she sang, I will sing unto the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously, the horse and the rider thrown into the sea. And in that song that she sings in Exodus 15 is the word pele, uh, referring to this miracle that was wonderful, it was marvelous, it was beyond expectation, exceeding anything, uh, of course, that the nation of Israel could have thought or imagined. Uh, the, the word counselor, um, yoetz would be the way I'm going to pronounce it, um, uh, is one who instructs or guides from a position of absolute authority. In other words, you can trust his counsel or, or maybe we'll just say his word, uh, his wisdom. You can trust it absolutely. This is not a friend you call at night and say, hey, I'm going through a difficult time. You pour out your sob story and they go, oh, I'm so sorry, they're there, it'll be okay. This is someone who has authority to change the circumstance that you're facing. This is the person who has absolute authority in life and when you think about those two words together as the wonderful counselor Jesus not only came to save us in an amazing way in a way none of us would have ever imagined, beyond our expectations but he comes to save us in our soul and do miracles within our soul beyond anything we can think or imagine he can do the impossible that sometimes in your life you're th- I can't change this I am trapped with this sense of regret about my past I'm I'm stuck in, in this idea of resentment toward this per- or what could have been if they would have done that I am trapped in this emotion of fear or anxiety or doubt sometimes literally we begin to wonder if we're mentally ill Like, I can't change the emotions that are holding on to me. You need to know, we have a wonderful counselor who can do beyond our expectations, who has absolute authority to heal and change and break through patterns in our life that are keeping us from who God wants us to be. I want to tell you, God came to make us whole. And and, and we use that word holiness, we're a little bit afraid of it because it it sounds like being a a spiritual prude or someone who's a little bit sterile in their life, someone who doesn't have a whole lot of fun. And I want you to know a holy person is a wholesome person who has genuine life and happiness and joy because there's a completeness in their soul and a a sense of self-control. Who God truly intended them to be as a human being has begun to take over in their life. They're proud of their decisions. They're proud of their habits. They're proud of what they're doing in their life, how they're thinking in their life. They have a self-confidence, not in themselves, but in who God, in who God has begun to free them to become. Their self-confidence is rooted in the fact that God is for me, and if God is for me, who can be against me? For nothing is impossible with him. And there's a healing in their soul that truly begins to restore. He is the wonderful counselor and uh, forgive me for doing this I also did a little study on the word mighty God and uh, of course it means strong and mighty but you know again I love word studies because sometimes you catch little things in them uh, the, the the Hebrew word uh, here is the word Gabor and every time it's used in the this is interesting every time it's used it's not only one someone who's strong and mighty but someone who is a warrior in battle. He's a hero. And so when we read this word, a wonderful counselor, mighty God, we we begin to see someone who can do beyond our expectations. He can accomplish the miraculous that we couldn't accomplish ourselves, And he does it as a warrior. How many are thankful that God wars for you? Sometimes we think we're carrying God as though we're trying to hang on to Him. (laughs) I want to tell you, it's not you hanging on to God. It's God who's hanging on to you. And He's warring on your behalf. And some of the strategies is the enemy. and, And some of us know this is true. There are strategies from the enemy to defeat you, to discourage you, to bring you in a place in your life where you want to give up and just throw the towel in. And I want you to know that God is warring for you. He won't let go. He's warring for your soul. He's a wonderful counselor, a mighty God, who is uh, working on your behalf. Now, I know some of you are sitting there like, wow, who's the pastor talking to? Uh, you know, I didn't know that anyone in this church had any struggles. Um, <clears throat> uh, you know, Henry David Thoreau, some of you are familiar with. He was a, a, a philosopher and You know, I'm not saying he was a, you know, godly man. I don't really know what kind of man he was, but this is what he said. He said, the mass of men lead lives of quiet desperation. And that's really true. There's a lot going on inside of us. We don't talk about it. We don't reveal it uh, to a lot of people, but there's a lot going on inside of us. I love the idea that God saved me. We hear that a lot in church, okay? I love the idea that God rescued me from the power of sin. I love the idea that God has set my feet on a solid rock. But frankly, sometimes walking out that salvation is really, really hard. Really, really difficult. And anyone, anyone who would try to say different, I'm not sure if they're really walking with Jesus. Be, because I've got a battle in my soul. There's an old nature that battles against me. And I have to fight the fight of faith on a regular basis in my life. I need a wonderful counselor. I really do. I need someone who's strong and mighty, someone who war for me. I need someone who can not only speak to me in ways that give guidance and direction. But I need him to come in the power of the Holy Spirit to do the miraculous and to deliver and to heal sometimes in my soul so that I can make shifts in my soul that can help me become the person that God intends for me to be. He wants me to be free. It is for freedom that Christ set us free. Remember reading that verse? And there are so many areas that he wants to lead us into freedom in our life. But the question that you have to answer is, will you let him will you let him be the wonderful counselor in your life I don't know if you've ever been to a counselor I think most of us would be a little bit afraid to go to a counselor wouldn't we I mean I gotta open up my life I gotta be totally transparent totally exposed none of us would like to go to counseling with our spouse because we would say it one way, and they'd say it the other way, and, you know, we know that she's wrong, but he might believe her more than me, you know? And wouldn't you like to just have all your laundry exposed in front of someone else like uh? Well, on second thought. The idea of a counselor is a little bit scary, and I think that's why we struggle with it. You know, it's interesting. Here in America, you know, if someone, say, say you are walking across the street and you suddenly got hit by a car and everybody heard about you know they they pick you up hospital take you to the hospital and you know the doctors are doing what they can do and after you get out of the hospital physical therapy and you know all your people oh i'm so sorry and and uh, you know we, we're just there with you we're praying for you we love you you get all this support and this courage because because of course you're going to the doctor you're getting help physical therapy but if you go to a counselor it's like oh you need help I mean it's kind of a sign of I don't know do we see it as a sign of weakness in America that you know if we have a struggle mentally or emotionally there's there there, there's something wrong with us we can never open up and talk to anyone tell them I'm going to counselor They're they're really helping me we're just a little afraid it's it's a, a, a little scary so the question I want to ask you is is will you let him counsel you Are you willing to be totally honest? Are you willing to be totally transparent with the Lord? By the way, he loves you, and he cares for you more than you think. And by the way, he knows your thoughts before you think them. He knows your words before you say them. He really does know. Are you willing to let Jesus become the wonderful counselor uh, in your soul? It says in Proverbs 28, verse 13. Whoever hides their sins will not prosper, but the one who confesses and forsakes them uh, finds compassion. Now, let me back that up and talk a little bit about that word sins. Whoever hides their sins. When, when we hear that word as Christians, it's kind of like a dirty word. You know, Whoever hides their sins, it's kind of like we're afraid of it. It's a word that's kind of shameful. But, but that's not what the word that's not what it means it's not about shame the word sin literally means to miss the mark it's an archer's term when they're uh, shooting a, a bow to to miss the target how many think God had a plan for your life that somewhere along the way has been just a little bit lost and you're not quite living up to who he created you and uh, to to be in the beginnings Does anyone know what I'm talking about okay the rest are liars but We all miss the mark. We all fall short. We, 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 don't, we don't hit the target. Whoever hides their sins, I'm, I'm talking about missing the mark now. I'm talking about shame. I'm not talking about guilt. I'm not talking about condemnation. I think we need an adjustment in our thinking about who the wonderful counselor and the Holy Spirit is in our life. Do you understand that when Jesus died on the cross, he bore all our shame all the wrath of God was poured out on him for you as a believer when you turn to Christ it's not about shame it's not about guilt it's about allowing the wonderful counselor the Holy Spirit to come and empower you for change to help you begin to think differently to guide you and 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 direct you with absolute authority he has answers within your soul and in his word, he has answers. He's the wonderful counselor who comes to help. Jesus said to this, I won't leave you alone. I'll send the counselor to help you. So I'm I'm asking you, do you trust him enough that he loves you enough that you're willing to be totally honest and transparent with him? Uh, You know, when you think through the Bible, there were some people that discovered that the safest place to be totally exposed is in the presence of Jesus Christ. One of them was the woman at the well. Totally exposed. Jesus said, you've had five husbands and the man you're living with now is not your husband. And yet she was totally safe. He wasn't condemning her he wanted to help her he he said he who comes to me and drinks the water that I give will find life and happiness and joy see Jesus didn't come to condemn people he came to save and rescue and heal think of another woman a woman caught in adultery remember that story all the guys have rocks they're gonna stone her to death And so Jesus says, he was without uh, without sin, cast the first stone. And they all, what? even from the oldest on, they drop their stones and walk away. Why? Because no one was without sin. She was safe, totally exposed, pulled out of bed, committing adultery. And yet she was totally safe in the presence of Jesus Christ. So are you willing? (laughs) Are you willing to trust him? Come and be exposed. The depths of your heart is the wonderful counselor. Second question is: Do you actually want to be healed? That is a big question because I think we like the idea of being healed better than what it takes to be healed. You know, I mean, sometimes like we like, to, I want to be pure, Lord, but but the idea or the work involved in become it's just a lot harder. Than it sounds I don't know if you've ever heard of st. Augustine probably one of the greatest theologians uh, in the church in 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 past years but this is what he found himself praying he said God I want you to make me pure just not yet (laughs) we want to be pure but just not yet there are certain things we're still holding on to the, the question do you actually want to be healed and I I I, I know that for me in my own life, there have been times where I've said, Lord, it's hard, but I really do want to be healed. I really do want to become the person uh, you've called me and and, and created me to be. It's hard. It's hard to break old habits, develop good habits. Sometimes, regardless of what you're dealing with in your life, uh, the last thing I'll say, and then we'll have the worship team come. So uh, worship team, go ahead and uh, head this direction. The third thing, Are you ready to do whatever he tells you to do remember he has absolute authority he knows how to heal he knows how to bring wholeness not religious sterilism (laughs) wholeness wholeness in your soul happiness joy Uh, he knows how to bring that in, in in your life so the question are you ready to do whatever he tells you to do? So it's been several years ago now, but uh, a brother in our church, uh, he was a lawyer. Uh, he did a lot of legal counsel with people who were going through uh, very difficult situations. And, um, but he knew how to help them go forward in their life. And often he would tell people in the beginning, he would say, I can help you, but you have to do what I tell you to do. And he would say, "The moment you stop following my counsel is the moment our relationship ends." How many know change can happen, but sometimes we don't want to do what change is 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 necessary uh, in our in our life. I'm so glad that, by the way, Jesus doesn't give us give up on us that quickly <laughs> he's a friend that sticks closer than her brother can we say amen together so thankful he doesn't give up on us quickly but there is a way to lead that leads to life the bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and, and learning to honor him trust him and literally uh like Shelley led us in worship this morning give our life to him surrender our life to him and trust that he knows a plan that we haven't understood yet uh, for for our life. So I'm going to invite you to stand with me and we're getting ready to go here this morning.